0: And welcome, everybody, to episode 96 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me for the first time in weeks are my good friends and the entire Mean team, Keegan Thompson and Aiden Haller. Keegan, great to see you. Aiden, welcome back. Aiden, how was Austin City Limits, man?
1: It was electric. It is so good to see you guys. Oh, my God. I couldn't even talk there. Um, <laughs> great, great to see you guys. It feels like it has been ages, but um really it's just been a week, but absolutely electric show out there. The weather was perfect, music was awesome, the stages are like just close enough to where like walking around is an absolute breeze. It's not like outside lands where you're just in this like tight little walkway, like a little sardine. You're just kind of cruising around, you got people hanging out in chairs. Fat Beer Hall, just black. Dude, they had a, what's six? Hecta? Hexabox? Six <laughs> games on, on Sunday with football going. People are going electric, dapping each other up. And then you just turn around and you're like, I'm going to go see some music and groove out for 40 minutes. <laughs> and maybe I'll just come on back here. So absolutely electric show. Um, Yeah, I, I was gone for the Bears win. Um, That was Unreal. cool. Unreal that was unreal sweet. that you were
0: you weren't here for that that
1: was insane yeah so the season's back on um <laughs> season's back on we're gonna beat the vikings shorthand this week two and four um the next five Playoffs? are winnable man we could get to five Playoffs? and five by the lions in week 11 that's what people are saying we could get to five and five so uh not all hope is lost. Justin Fields is all the way back, and I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm feeling really good. The overall vibes in the Bears community has, like, flipped on its head. We're talking about going on a win streak. It's, it's night and day stuff.
2: Wow. Keegan, how are you doing, man? I'm better now that Aiden is back. It's good to see him. We've got Match yes. and Dane Caps on. I was super jealous that he got to go to my hometown and hang out in Austin and enjoy. I was trying to text him tips and things to go. Dude, while he was there, he texted me. He said, we just door dashed $150 worth of torchies one morning. (laughs) I was like, why not just go there, dude? It's so close. So close to you. Uh, But I'm good. I'm good. A lot of sports going on right now. We've got baseball playoffs. We've got football on Thursday night. The Sharks play their first games tonight. Hockey's back. Connor Bedard nets his first goal this week. And it's only week six of the NFL. And that's what we're here to talk about today, baby.
0: I don't know how you guys do it. If I started watching other sports as much as I watch football, I think I'd be on the hot seat with Hannah. So tip of the cap to the, the both of you for finding uh, time. Football is like a black hole in my life. It just consumes all other sports watching. I've got, <laughs> got no chance. I don't know how I'm supposed to watch a Warriors game this season, but uh, the Niners are 4-0. So, you know, or we're 5-0, 5-0. 5-0. So we're, 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 we're going to take it any day of the week. On today's episode, our Week 6 Fantasy Football Preview, we're going in-depth on nine games. You heard it here first. We did six games last week. We brought Aiden in. He's back in the fold. We're doing nine games this week, the nine most important games that matter for fantasy football. We're dissecting each game from every angle. We have Vegas point totals, projected pace, actionable stats, and start sits in every matchup. Start and sit in every matchup. You know what that means, dear listeners? A it lot means opportunities of milk. For you to win, <laughs> but a lot of milk. A lot of spoiled milk, I'll tell you that. But we are excited, nonetheless. Before diving in, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to one hundred dollars, they're offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code R T M. First matchup of the weekend, fellas. Who wants to take it? Who wants to take the baton? Who wants well, to kick things
1: off? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah, let's, he's let's gonna get Aiden do it back in a driver's seat here. I'll see if I still Aiden. got it. I'll see if I still got it here. Yeah. What
0: are we starting off with? In?
1: We're getting greedy, baby. We're talking about my Chicago Bears. Yeah! We're talking about the Chicago Bears, baby. The Minnesota Vikings are taking a trip over to Soldier Field at 10 a.m. Pacific. They opened at minus 3. It bounced down a little bit, but has stayed pretty consistent. So the books are kind of hold and put at minus 3. Obviously, no Justin Jefferson. So... A week or two ago, you're probably looking at this line and thinking that's probably going to be a line around eight or nine points. So a much different outlook in this game than I think we would have seen um, again a week or two ago. Total is at 43 and a half. I'm seeing actually 44 on you, but it's okay. Um, Just half a point off. One thing to keep your eye on, which I think is going to be a big factor in your start and sits, is the weather I've got, I had even a higher percent chance of rain, but it could be a little sloppy out there. So it's going to be a little cold, 50 degrees. We're kind of getting into that cold bare weather. I had closer to 40% chance and yeah, the winds are gusting. I had about 15 miles an hour myself. So could be a little sloppy out there. Just looking at these two teams in terms of pace, um, they both like to play pretty quick, especially the Vikings who continue to lead the NFL in the highest pass rate. Bears right in there, too. But just looking at our matchup here, this figures to be what we're looking at here is the second quickest uh, game of the week. Looking at these teams just from a bit of a higher level, the Bears are 12th in the NFL at 26 points per game. Vikings are just behind them at 22. Both defenses have been pretty generous, too. The Chicago's giving up the third most points, allowing 31 and a half points, whereas Minnesota is a bit stingier at 24.4, but by no means is the best defense in the world. So, again, keep an eye on this weather. If things are clear, I think we could have quite a shootout. If not, things could get a bit muddy out there, and this could get under pretty quickly. Not to mention, both of these teams are 1-4, so it's kind of like nut up or shut up for both of them. I think if the Vikings lose, you go full fire sale. If the Bears lose, we're back to the Caleb Eddits. So things are quick. <laughs> things are going to move quickly this weekend with both of these fan bases. Moving on a bit here, just looking at these teams in terms of how do they match up against um, each skill group. The Bears against um, court, they actually give up the most amount of points to quarterbacks at just over 22 and a half points per game. So quite generous. Same with running backs, third most there with just over 30 points. Going on to wide receivers, they're about mid pack. Uh, just about thirty six point eight. I've got more on wide receivers there, but I will save that. And then you've got tight ends. It's eighth most, but you know it's tight ends. The whole position's kind of been a crapshoot. Hawkinson's probably gonna feast, um, but there's kind of just no one else there. Going on to the Vikings, um, about mid pack for most of these. Ninth most to QBs at about twenty. Ninth least to running backs at about sixteen. Third most to wide receivers at just over 47 points a game, which I think is pretty glaring. And the 13th most to tight ends at 12.8. Looking at some starts and sits on the Bears side, obviously you're firing up Justin Fields and DJ Moore. They're on an absolute heater, so there's kind of no uh, no debate on that one. I think it's worth monitoring the Bears' uh, backfield. It's looking like Roshan is going to miss this game barring a practice tomorrow. He's been a DNP all week. I think Foreman is worth a start if he does not play. I don't really care that the Vikings are ninth least running. But like, they're about mid-pack there. The Bears' run game looked dramatically better last week with the return of Tevin Jenkins. Slotting him in there at left guard, the dude is an absolute wall, especially in the run game. It felt like he was an absolute stabilizing force, so I'm okay with a bit of a flyer there on um, on Foreman, I also wanted to note on Darnell Mooney, who tends to do pretty well against the Vikings, averaging just under 60 yards a game in his career, really hasn't taken off this year yet. Um, he's still an extremely talented wide receiver, though. guy in a contract year, Justin Fields is starting to click. Don't be surprised if Mooney finds the end zone and maybe gets you 50, 70 yards. I think, I think we're kind of due for one of those. Any other wide receiver on the Bears, though, I'm sitting. Um, I think outside of DJ, Mooney, and Cole Komet, I wouldn't trust anyone in that passing game. So that's where I sit with the Bears kind of skill position players. Moving on to the Vikings, Kirk is still a must start. um, Even without Justin Jefferson, the Bears have been super generous. Slot and Jordan Addison as well. Um, He should be their wide receiver one. We'll see if KJ Osborne ends up being that guy, but he was ducking under the football last week, so I don't have a ton of confidence in him. Oh, it was so bad. It Crazy. Was so bad. Hawkinson's going to feast. Um, I think Hawkinson's yeah. the biggest uh, beneficiary of the JJ injury. He should get 10 plus targets every single week. There's kind of no excuse for it. He's by far and away their best pass catcher. Going on to sits, I'm doing Alexander Madison. Um, I know you're thinking, but they're third most against running backs. Why would I sit Alexander Madison? snaps Ooh, wow. are going down cam makers are going up and the Bears were actually pretty stingy last week against Washington who's got some good running backs they gave up 29 yards on 10 carries granted they just aired the ball out all day pretty impressive to see them kind of buckle down against the run so I'm sitting Madison I just think on top of that, his role is going to get a little dicier with J.J. out. Is I don't think they're going to be scoring as much. J.J. kind of makes that offense run. and I think as an offense overall, they're going to slow down. So I'm sitting Madison, Tossin, Osborne, and Powell too. Um, I'm not ready to start either one of those guys. Just kind of put a bow on this. I know we talked about. Bears uh, secondary gave up a handful of points. This will be the first game this season that the entire Bears secondary is healthy and starting. So Eddie Jackson will be playing his first game this year. Jalen Johnson is returning from a hamstring. Kyler Gordon has recovered from his broken hand. Tyree Stevenson has been playing, and all wheels up, dude. We finally have the full band back together. Pretty excited to see these guys, as it feels like if we're going to get beat this week, it'll probably be in the passing game but getting your entire starting secondary back and playing for the first time is massive. So kind of just keep an eye on the weather here. This game has a lot of potential to be pretty fun with these two offenses, but if the weather's sloppy, um, yeah, have a plan B for sure.
0: Wow. Sitting Madison. It's almost like I'm playing you this week with Madison in my lineup.
1: I see what you're doing. There. I've been Chess fading off. him all year and I'm Chess not going to stop
0: che- now. dot checkers. I like <laughs> that. Um Wow, I really hope the weather doesn't spoil this because this feels like a big Justin Fields game. Oh yeah. Uh, so I Keegan's not
2: entertained. He's been
0: yawning the whole entire time. Dude, I'm
2: sorry. I hate yawning on the, camera. Sometimes you, you just have yawns and we, we then you him like we put going. him to sleep. Just keep going. We put monologue. Keegan to sleep. No, no, I'm I edit, just like I I'm, I'm, pods, it's just, just want to go to I want to go to bed with happy dreams of Jordan Addison <laughs> toasting the healthy bears secondary. So I'm just I think I'm per- mentally preparing myself.
0: He heard Aiden talking about the Bears secondary and he went name by name and he was like, all right, I'll, I'll wake me up when this is over. <laughs> Let me know <laughs> when it's my turn. <laughs> put me, put me the merciless end of this. Okay. So I like this one. I feel pretty good about this matchup. Um, Keegan, can I steal the mic? I, I kind of want to cover my first matchup. Dude, go I'm, ahead. I'm super, I'm super excited about this one and, uh, listeners at home, we got a timer going. I'm, I'm put a timer on myself for five minutes. So let's see how this goes. Uh, for the listeners here, the mean team, my matchup of the week here <laughs> is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Vegas has this spread pretty tight. Um, they have Seattle favored by two and a half here at Cincinnati. Um, if I were a gambling man living in a gambling state, the Bengals as home dogs kind of kind of interest me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie here. Uh, the line opened at three and a half. It was two and a half. Now it's plus three in some books. So it's actually been bouncing around as you can see. It's ranging. Point total here, 45 points, opened at 44 and a half. This game doesn't project to be as pass happy as Minnesota at Chicago. But if you take a look at this, this is actually the sixth fastest game on the slate. So we feel pretty good about fantasy points being scored in this one. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth and I actually think it's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. When we're taking a look at fantasy points positionally to get an idea of like where these points are going to shake out against these defenses, it's uh Seattle. You know, I'm going to sound like a jaded 49ers fan, Seattle's defense isn't as good as it's kind of getting hyped up to be in terms of points allowed at respective fantasy positions. When you're looking at these two specific defenses, the the, the Seahawks are 19th against quarterbacks. They've turned around 18 fantasy points per game. 17th against running backs, about 20 fantasy points per game. 30th, so bottom three, bottom four against wide receivers at 49 points per game, and 7th against tight ends, around eight points per game. Flipping over to the Bengals side of things, the Bengals have been stingier than the Seahawks. The Seahawks, when we think of this defense, you know, scoring a touchdown and looking very great, getting 10 sacks against Daniel Jones, but the the Bengals have actually suppressed more fantasy points than Seahawks here at just specific positions. This does not agree with my take. What is Oh, because the Seahawks have been on a bye. There we go. (laughs) there we go dear li- dear listeners they were confused at everyone this hang name. with us hang with us we the seahawks have been on a bye this is this is technical like, hang this with is us just, people it's all right wow filtered by points per game here this is exciting stuff here with the mean team Taking a look at the Bengals, the Bengals have surrendered, or surrendered 8th against quarterbacks with 14 fantasy points per game, 15th against running backs with 20 fantasy points per game, 17th against wide receivers, 22nd against tight ends, close to 15 fantasy points per game. That's interesting. The Bengals have been middle of the pack. The Seahawks have been hemorrhaging fantasy points. In terms of who you're starting and sitting in this one, I am buying the Joe Burrow resurgence. He looked great moving out of the pocket, throwing the ball deep. He's a top 10 play this week for me. Jamar Chase is going to go absolutely bananas. Yes, he is open. He is always fucking open. Excuse my profanity. And he got challenged by DK Metcalf and Devin Witherspoon this week in the media. Probably not a good idea to challenge an alpha like Jamar Chase. The Seahawks have bled fantasy points to wide receivers, which means if he's healthy, I guess you can start T Higgins. He should probably be in your lineup, too. (laughs) Uh, Never, never again. Joe Mixon, he's got an elite role against a rush defense that is tied for fourth in rushing TDs allowed this season. Um, Moving on to the Seahawks, Geno's a bit sketchier, but considering the Bengals have been pretty stingy middle of the pack in terms of fantasy points to quarterbacks, I think this is going to be a high-scoring one with some back and forth. I think you're safe to start Geno, especially if you're – on Anthony Richardson replacement duty. It's hard to turn away from him, especially considering that their offensive line could be getting three out of four starters back. So they're getting healthier. Get DK and lock it in the lineup. I know DK hasn't really been practicing because of a rib injury, but I expect him to play. And uh, K9 Kenneth Walker's in another smash spot. Uh, You're going to be starting him confidently. Sitting players in this matchup, it's still wait and see mode on JSN. I think it's very encouraging that the offensive linemen could be coming back, meaning they run less two tight end sets. Less two tight end sets mean more slot snaps for JSN. I think it could be very positive for his role coming out of the bye, but we're still in wait-and-see mode. No way can you start Noah Fant, but kind of a juicy matchup, so maybe if you're playing DFS, you can throw and sprinkle in a little uh, Noah Fant. I really like all the guys in this matchup. I'm not really fading anyone. Uh, One nugget here, Joe Mixon is the only running back in the league who's had 100% of his team's rushes inside the 20, 10 and 5 yard line. Um that's insane. Doesn't matter if he's inefficient. Uh he's got a Looney Tunes yeah. role. So, what do you think fellas just real quick before we move on to Keegan's first matchup? How do we think this one shakes out? Anything catching our eyes?
1: I'm really excited for the Bengals. Um just given how they played last week and how Joe Burrow looked, like what it was just a week and a half ago that it was like it was a full-on fade with the Bengals offense because of mr burrow himself and like but that looked like the burrow from last year and the burrow from the year prior like exploding off that calf taking deep shots to chase i think adding t higgins back whether you like him or not like those are two dogs together in that offense so i'm really excited i could see that one potentially getting ugly um i think if that offense is clicking there's not a lot of teams that can hang with them um so yeah i don't really i'm not buying the kind of just kind of like alpha defense, like you said. Um, I think Jamar Chase will take Weatherspoon's money, you know, seven days of the week. And um, yeah, you typically don't poke the bear like that. So um, I hope he makes him pay because that'll be funny.
0: Keegan, what matchup are you highlighting here first?
2: Uh, since Aiden kicked things off with uh, the Bears, I'm just gonna go ahead and kick things yeah. off with the Eagles flying into MetLife Stadium this week. Ooh, uh, weather should be. In. Judge, judge. Um, Flying
0: in, wow! Do you mean did they? Did they fly in on a jet or with their wings? Or via wings? No,
2: no, with their wings. Uh, they all actually oh, just food. flew in on the back of Jason Kelsey's <laughs> or did they, stupid or did they bus.
0: Or did they take like a subway? They... Uh, okay. By the way, Keegan's like saying, "I hate Travis Kelsey." I... This whole Swift nonsense is turning Keegan into. It's, I'm it's so sick of Taylor Swift. Um, it's a hater <laughs> level we haven't and seen. And I just in don't understand
2: why nobody in the NFL can cover a tight end that runs like a five-two forty. I just don't really get it or understand. He's elite.
0: But, He's elite at being Elite, at,
2: elite in. at sitting in soft zone coverages where nobody's paying attention to him because the defense yeah. doesn't scheme for him, even though he the offense run, only no, contains Rasheed Rice, Sky routes. Moore, and Kadarius Tony. It's so stupid. He but, anyways, we're not wraps. talking about the, the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about the New York Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles here. Um, the open uh, spread for this was about four. It's all the way down to Eagles minus seven um, over under opened up at about 42 and a half. We're down to 41 here. So not a ton of points projected um, here on this end. Right now the Eagles are projected. They have an implied total of like what? Like 24 and a half points or something like that. Uh, but this game should be relatively like average paced. I wouldn't call it slow, but I wouldn't call it fast either. Um, Vandal, uh, their face article actually has this kind of like in a, right outside the top 10 in terms of pace and fastest games in the league this weekend. But Philly, it's probably because Philly ranks number one in plays per game, but they're only 25th in adjusted pace. New York is what is going to slog this game down a little bit. They are not running a ton of plays. They're 32nd in plays per game and 28th in adjusted pace. Um, but I expect Philly to kind of drive this matchup and be the one can you know controlling the pace here. As I do see them as the better team here. And I think the Jets would, will get put into kind of like a negative game script and they'll have to pass a little bit. And maybe it'll allow for some more plays in this game, but we'll see. Um, the Jets are kind of entering this matchup not as quite elite defensively as they were last year, but still playing like at a pretty outstanding level right now. And especially in terms of fantasy, Um, not a whole lot of soft spots, but they are giving away some points to certain positions quarterback. They're average. They're allowing about 15.8 points per game to the position running back. They're allowing 24.1 PPR points per game, which is actually ninth worst in the league, so a little bit of a soft spot for them as they've been getting chewed up in the past couple of weeks by the likes of like Isaiah Pacheco, Samaji Ryan, and Jaleel McLaughlin um, have all had oh pretty goodness. outstanding uh, fantasy oh. games for them. Oh, so those are
0: terrible names
2: to, exactly. to say out loud. Oh which feels God. wrong P. because... Ryan,
0: McLaughlin, and Pacheco.
2: And, and the reason it happens oh. is, you know... I, the, the pass rush is good. The The middle linebackers and the linebacker play are good. The corner play is good, but we're just getting gashed on the run uh, over in New York right now. Um, all the tarmacs are clear for takeoff or any running backs flying into MetLife right now. But uh, wide receivers are actually being held to a pretty modest 23.7 points per game in fantasy. But tight ends, they're allowing the first most points to tight end. Obviously, a lot of that outside cornerback coverage kind of shutting off the best receivers on every team, and you're funneling a lot of work into running backs and tight ends. That's kind of why you have that discrepancy there. Philly, on the other hand, they're allowing like some pretty good fantasy point production for certain positions. Quarterback, they're allowing almost 20 points per game. Running back, they've been pretty stout. They're like 31st in the league with only 12.4 PPR points per game. Wide receiver, 46.1 points per game against the Eagles, which is pretty brutal. Um, tight ends, they're allowing about 13 and a half. As far as who I'm starting this week in this matchup and who I like, you start Jalen Hurts because you have to. It could be a bit of an iffy thing, but I'll have a fun little nugget for that at the end of this. A.J. Brown, you start no matter what. Again, alpha wide receivers, you start them in alpha offenses. I think Garrett Wilson's in play this week for sure. I mentioned negative game script. The Jets are going to have to keep up with – The Philadelphia Eagles, some way or another, and they cannot rely just solely on a run game to say in this game if they want to win it, they have to pass. Last week he had a 29.6% target share. And that's the lowest of the season for him this far, which is pretty outrageous. You know, that's almost 30%, and that's the lowest of the year. He's gonna be a volume play, I think. And obviously you think, well, what do you mean volume play? Like he's gonna get looks and he's gonna get them often. Um, And like I said, Eagles have been pretty friendly to fantasy wide receivers, and I don't think Darius Slay practice today is banged up, and potentially Jalen Carter is banged up as well too. Brees Hall, you play him because the gap between him and Dalvin Cook grows larger every week, and he has a legit dominating role in fantasy, and you know he can turn almost any handoff into a home run right now, so I think you just have to play him and ride the hot hand. Dallas Goddard, it is a tough Tough matchup, matchup, but – I think you just let it ride again and see what he can do. And then Dallas Goddard, again, with a good fantasy start this week. The Jets giving up the most points to the tight end position, and they're actually leading the league in touchdowns allowed to the tight end position (laughs) at (laughs) 1.2 a game uh, this year. So good spot for Goddard. I like Swift in this game. Good game script. He's getting massive usage right now, and he's got a good RB1 role. Like I mentioned, we just let Jaleel McLaughlin and Smaji P. Ryan tear us up last week, and Swift is much, much better than that. Who you're sitting, any Jets player not named Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson, um, I think this could be a very tough matchup for Devonta Smith as well. I'm having trouble deciding which wide receiver is going to have a tough day, but I think I just by default have to say A.J. Brown will have a better one, and... Some fantasy nuggets from this game, like I mentioned. Philadelphia is second in the league when it comes to allowing wide receiver touchdowns per game at about 1.6 wide receiver touchdowns per game. Jets lead the league in touchdowns allowed per game to tight ends. That's why I mentioned Garrett Wilson and Dallas Goddard. But also, great spot for Jalen Hurts to get right on the run game. The Jets have allowed 32.6 yards per game to rushing, like from QBs over five weeks in the last two weeks they're averaging about 50 rush yards per game to the QB position and they've also given up the second most QB rushing yards this year on the season so the Jets might be a really good spot for Jalen Hurts as if uh you know just outside of the passing game so it'll be a tough matchup obviously our corners are playing out of their mind this year but I still think there's a lot of points fantasy wise to be had for Hurts and co I can't believe you're
0: starting Breeze. That. That seems like a sit for me. I think you I don't they, sit somebody think that role, just had his given,
2: career high rushing. You know, you, you just don't do that. This isn't Alexander Madison we're talking about. You know, it's not Rashad White.
0: Seven point dogs, and they've only given up 42 fantasy points on the year. This game could get out of hand and get out of hand. Give me, fast.
2: okay, give me five running backs you would start over Brees Hall right now that somebody has rostered. You Tony can. Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler. That's not that's not what I'm asking. Those are well, obvious like <laughs> starts. Like you don't have with that King many here. options I, at the running I back think Ky-
0: Kyron Williams, Raheem Moster. The volume
2: is back. Though. All you've I listed think, is like, like the top eight running back starts. You start two running backs a week. You have to start. I'd start, start Alexander
1: Madison over Brees Hall. No, this I'm week. not doing
2: that. Yeah. Okay. Let's no, keep
1: this going, boys. Far. <laughs> Let's keep this rolling. Uh, that just doesn't we're, make any this sense. This might be some
0: milk. This might be some. Milk. Gonna, I mean, uh, matchup wise, but it, this might be some
1: milk. Yeah, but we'll I'm, we'll leave it at that. I'm anyway. gonna mediate this one. Um yeah, yeah, I'm excited for this one, Keegan. I think there's some fun matchups here. Let's take it back to the West Coast. We're getting we're getting on our jet. Um, we're we're flying all the way back to SoFi Stadium, baby, to the team that I pretty much cover every week. And the Dallas Cowboys somehow with zero pride left taking their bags to sofi stadium to take on the los angeles chargers so this one opened up at 2.5 in caver of them boys and has not really moved that one's kind of just hanging out there so again like kind of like my first one vegas like this is going to be a close one you've got the highest total of the weekend at 50.5 all thanks to the dome bros it is going to be electric in there should be sweet i I feel like I'm cheating calling it a dome because it's really not a full dome, but it is a dome. So we're moving on. Um, This should be a fun one. These are two teams that in terms of pace are pretty quick. Um, Chargers, absolutely, in terms of their game scripts and kind of like the way it has. Like Dallas looks a bit slower on paper, but again, I think it has a lot to do with the type of games they've been in. Yeah, I saw it wasn't on this for whatever reason. I think this is because
0: it's a Sunday and it's a Monday. Yeah. yeah, I'm pulling it right here. Yeah. I mean, adjusted rank. The Chargers are third. Yeah. and then um, Dallas t- is play- slower. Yeah, they're slower.
1: Yeah. But it's because like they've had some games where they're just like running the, you know, just running the ball out of the clock. But I, I, I think this should be a pretty good game. They're eighth and ninth, respectively, in terms of points per game. So, again, these are two teams that want to score. The biggest gap here, obviously, is the defenses. The Chargers are giving up 26 points per game, where Dallas is a whole 10 points less at 16.6. So, again, the biggest gap is going to be the defense here. Does Dallas's defense show up, or do they piss down their leg like they did on Sunday night? I think um, back-to-back prime-time games—
0: second in fantasy points per game allowed versus
1: 29 yeah wow, it's, that's a disparity it's quite a big gap so um again i think it's going to be a pretty high scoring fair it's also worth mentioning the chargers are coming off a bye um so they've been game planning they've been game planning for two weeks now they just saw what the niners did to them you know that defense is wounded without digs like it, it it's not the defense that you know we saw the first three weeks this is you know this is, I wouldn't say vulnerable, but there's weak spots in this defense now. Taking it down by positions, uh, we'll start with the Chargers. It's it's pretty brutal, or I guess I'd say generous um, for the listeners here. It's pretty generous for us. They're giving up the fourth most to QBs at 21.7, seventh most to RBs at 26, second most to wide receivers at 47.4, um, about mid pack at 14th two tight ends at nine points so um it's generous yeah this is a good get back spot for all of your cowboys skill players cowboys are quite a bit stingier seventh least to qbs just about 13 about mid-pack 14th least to running backs at about 18 second least to wide receivers um which isn't great but again we saw what just happened last week through the air 23.7 about mid-pack in the tight ends uh just under thirteen. Looking at the Chargers players, the only people I feel comfortable starting is the three-headed beast. That is their offense. Welcome back, Austin Eckler. Happy to have you, man. We cannot watch any more Josh Kelly, so that's obviously a must-hammer, especially given that the soft spot in the Cowboys defense has been to running backs. Um, they've been stinging through the air, but Austin Eckler, top 10 play, top five play this week. Justin Herbert, don't need to get into him, and I don't need to get into Keenan Allen either, because he's, he's one of those matchup-proof guys. It's not like They've got digs, you know, shadowing him and going across the field with them. So, love all three of those guys. You can make a case for QJ or Josh Palmer, but like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't talk me into it um, until someone proves <laughs> like they're the pr- true number two. Like, I'm not starting any of those guys unless I'm talking two flex league or like a much deeper format where I'm playing more than like your standard two wideouts, one flex, two uh, two running backs, one tight end. So I'm not doing that. And then I already said it, but yeah, Josh Kelly, you're sat forever. You should be cut from rosters. Like, it's over for you, pal. You are you were out of fantasy relevance before it even got started, unfortunately.
0: What if he's only good when Eckler's in the lineup? Though? It would be like, so annoying. His only good game was when he was playing with Austin Eckler. If that became in a relief, thing, I, though, I like, think yeah,
1: that... like he was in relief, too. He's. Good guy, Josh Kelly, no but sense. get the fuck <laughs> out of here, Ari Gold. Man, you're gone. Uh, <laughs> moving on to <laughs> Dem boys. Um, so I feel like everyone's kind of been crying about this. like CD's wide receiver dem sixteen, boys. and everyone's acting like the sky's falling. Like CD's kind of acting like that too in the media. But it's like this is such a hammer spot for CD Lamb. I think he's gonna go absolutely ape shit against this Chargers defense. Like they can't guard air. I think he's gonna have a massive game. Huge get-right spot for Tony Pollard, too. Um, Two stinkers after going over 15 points in his first three, so really like both of their kind of big dogs to get back on track, and I like Jake Ferguson too. I think he's um, another guy we like. I'm I'm starting Jake Ferguson. Chargers have been susceptible to tight ends, but I just think this offense is going to get right. Um, You can start Dak Prescott. I didn't really have him as a start or a sit. Uh, I just think it's it's not very inspiring football, but he's doing I'd probably lean Stark, but um yeah, I'm not very high either way. Um fun little nugget to put a bow on this that I think is gonna be like a big thing to watch in this game is the Chargers are currently third in a league in deep pass attempts and second in terms of deep pass percentage. Um, throwing a deep twenty nine out of hundred and fifty four pass attempts. Whereas the Cowboys, on the other hand, have given up the sixth least amount of deep shots. So um Something's got to give here. If I had to guess, the Chargers win this battle. Um, you know, without Trayvon Diggs, this secondary is for sure burnable. So this is gonna be a fun one. You know, it's the highest total of the weekend for a reason. I think we're in for a pretty good game on prime time. And I hope the Cowboys give us a good game and don't uh give us the same effort as last week.
2: I want the I- Chargers to Come into this game and have Kellen Moore like absolutely embarrassed the wow, Cowboys.
1: revenge game, Kellen revenge yeah. game. Like I, I really I want the to Cowboys that. to see revenge. what they're
2: missing in Kellen Moore. I watched a lot of stuff today and just some of like the clips from last week, and I'm just like, what is this offense that Mike McCarthy is calling? Like, he's Gross, killing dude. things for us. Like he's ruining the Pollard posse. <laughs> he he's, ruined everything. He's he's tearing our CDs in half and just breaking them across his knees, like. I've got a theory for this, and, and this
0: is the craziest stat I've seen in a long time. This is from Rich Re- uh, Rebar at Lord Reeb's. Dallas has run zero offensive plays with the score within seven points in either direction in the second half this season of any game.
1: Zero points when the game is Zero, lit, so set, zero snaps. Zero plays. Zero
0: offensive snaps with the score within, within seven points in, the second in half. either direction through five weeks. Every game they've played in, they're either losing big time, or they're up thirty.
1: This will be closer. This one has to be close. The Chargers deep, but dude, I don't know. They could maybe blow out the Chargers because the deep. No, this game will be close. I, no, really I hope, hope the Chargers not. blow them out. No, Eckler, no, not for the policy. Eckler and no, Pollard.
0: Eckler and Pollard. If there's ever been a get right game, it close is. Uh, it is this week. My matchup is not as fun, but if you're a sicko and you're a de you're going to be following along with the Arizona Cardinals heading to Los Angeles. They're also going to be dome bros this weekend or semi-dome bros. We're going to say, what, three-fourths dome bros at yeah, SoFi Stadium? Good, yeah, that's
1: 75 percent
0: Yeah, they're they're dome bros. We'll give it to them. Uh, Sunday afternoon game on Fox 125. I didn't realize they're both uh, this, home this week. That's that's are home. That's a lot of. That's work. That's fun. Yeah. That's a we call that a bogo. We that's call that a bogo. Baby. Oh. We call that a bam, bogo. Bam, bam. Uh, the spread opens here. Rams is seven point favorites. Uh, it opened at four and a half. So Vegas and uh, they've they really bet up the Rams, which I think is a good idea. This game opened at forty and a half, forty five and a half as a point total. It is all the way up here to forty eight and a half. So Vegas. Vegas thinks this one's going to be a shootout, and uh, the pace tends to agree. If you're looking here at FanDuel's pace matchup report, they have this one as the fifth fastest matchup of the weekend. I'm very excited to see both these offense play. In terms of the positional breakout and when these teams are on defense, the Rams here, they're 17th against quarterbacks, which is around 20 fantasy points per game. Um, they're 8th against running backs, so relatively stingy, Surrendering around 16 fantasy points per game. They've given up a decent amount of points here to tight ends. They're ranking 29th. They've given up around 17 fantasy points per game to tight ends, but they've been really stingy against wide receivers, coming in at 5th, averaging around 29 fantasy points per game. So the, the Rams, the Rams have been a... They've been a pretty decent defense this year with a bunch of nobodies, which is really interesting. But when you're looking at another defense with a bunch of nobodies in the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they've been hemorrhaging fantasy points this season. They rank 30th against quarterbacks, surrendering 22 fantasy points per game, 31st against running backs, surrendering 32 fantasy points per game, 28th against wide receivers, 45 fantasy points per game. But against tight ends, first, they're only surrendering six and a half fantasy points per game to tight ends. So um, pretty stingy, <laughs> pretty, pretty stingy here. I guess if you're looking at these offenses, the Cardinals are really going to get beat at all levels. And if you're looking at the Rams, maybe you can do some damage against them in the run game. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical about what the Cardinals are going to be able to do in this game. Transitioning here to starts and sits. I think Matt Stafford is an absolute must start this week. The Cardinals have just been hemorrhaging fantasy points. And with Puka and with Cooper, Cup, and Tutu Atwell, which is the funniest trio, Cup, Puka, and Tutu. Puka and Tutu is insane. You throw in somebody's names who's Cooper, Cup. It's an insane trio of names ridiculous. here. And then they got Higby. They got Higby. Uh, it's it's a wild pass catching core they have there. Uh, with Puka a cup in the lineup. I'm I'm all in on Stafford as a start this week in two quarterback leagues. I think you can play Josh Dobbs. He's a little bit of a sneaky streamer considering the pace, considering the Vegas point total in this game, in this game and considering that the Rams have been able to, you know, they haven't been amazing at stopping quarterbacks, so I kind of like Dobbs as a sneaky super flex start this week. In terms of Puka and Cup, you're starting them. I think 2-2 is a decent play this week. We're dealing with a ton of injuries. It's going to be boom or bust, but I I like him. He's going to be on the field a ton. We know these targets are going to go to Puka, and they're going to go to Cup, but don't sleep on Tutu. I can't believe these are words I'm saying in the year 2023. Um, Kyron Williams is a top eight play this week at running back. The Cardinals, the Cardinals are a juicy matchup in the run game. Zach Ertz is a borderline must-start. Again, Twenty twenty three is weird. We are, yeah, it's weird. God, I can't uh, considering it. the Rams are giving up 17 fantasy points per game to tight ends, and Zach Ertz has got a pretty clear number two receiving role in this offense week in and week out. I think you're starting Zach Ertz. Hollywood Brown, I think you got to get him in your lineup because of his role. He sees a ton of target share, first-read targets. However, I just think it could be a little tough sledding this week. Um we we shall see. Uh, if you can see here, the the Rams have been pretty, pretty stingy. Um giving up points here to wide receivers. In terms of sitting, we have the great debate in 2023. Again, this is just this is this game is absolutely insane for names I never thought I'd be saying. We have the great debate of Keontae Ingram or Imari Demarcado. And then we have the question is where we're all sweet prints, Rondell Moore factor into all of this. In terms of how to handle this backfield, I think the best course of action between Ingram and Demercado would to be sitting these running backs for the week and seeing how this backfield shakes out in real time. I don't think you're going to be missing much. The Rams have been pretty good at stopping the run so far. So I'd, I'd be cautious with Ingram or Demercado. However, the pace is great. The Cardinals factor to trail in this one. So if I had to start anyone, I would go with Demarcado because of his pass catching role in the games where Ingram and Demarcado were healthy with James Conner. Uh, Demarcado outsnapped Ingram 17 to 0 in passing situations. So I'd probably go Demarcado because of the game script situations. I would really try to avoid it, but if I had to pick one, it be Demarcado. Please one time, let's get Rondell Moore involved. Let's turn him into Austin Eckler. That'd be incredible. um I would not play Tyler Higby in this one. It does not seem like a good plan. And even though we have a little bit of a squeaky wheel narrative with Michael Wilson and Josh Jobs saying he texted Wilson after the game, saying "I got to get you the ro- I got I to get you the rock, bro." um I don't think I wouldn't start Michael Wilson in this one. One nugget that I have here, Matthew Stafford is the only top five QB in passing yards this season that is also not in the top ten in passing touchdowns. Um, I think we have a word for this, fellas. What is this What is this word here? How does it, how does it go?
2: Regression. He might be
0: – Stafford might be regressing his mean on Sunday. Wow. Uh, I think he's going to get busy in this matchup. So I like this one. I uh, I like the Rams a ton. They're a fun offense, and I'd get Stafford in the lineup, fellas. That's where I'm at.
1: I've got him in multiple rot. Ra- he's just out. Like he's just sitting on like like I picked him up today in two leagues. Like wasn't he's even free. claimed, and I was like, I'm not starting him over Howell. I was like, no. Like I'm I'm starting Stafford.
0: Yeah, Is with Richardson hurt. He's such. Yeah, he's the perfect Richardson replacement. He's perfect. I I have to use Gino as a Richardson replacement this week, and I would kill for Stafford with cutback been...
1: to like the touch, like the touchdowns feel like they're about to flood. Like he's going to start going for multiple touchdowns a game. I think it's, it's been easy money. Yep.
0: All right, Keegan, you got the next matchup here. What are we talking oh. about next?
2: Okay. Um, a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a stinker, but maybe not your first choice when you turn on the games on Sunday. Um, and we're talking the saints at the Houston Texans going to NRG stadium in Houston. Weather should be good, no rain, 71 degrees. I'm sure it'll be humid and sticky as all hell in Houston as it always is. Um, Point total opened up at about 40 and a half and now it's up to 42 and a half, so that's a good sign. Uh, Saints started out minus two and a half, now down to about minus one and a half. Um, Pretty close game here projected just by Vegas' standards. Pace, this should be up in pace for sure. Houston is fifth in adjusted pace and New Orleans is 18th in adjusted pace. We should get a lot of plays in this game based off what we're projecting, just using adjusted pace and place per game and things like that. But more plays equals more fantasy opportunities. More fantasy opportunities equals more fun in a matchup that maybe might not be the most fun. Um, New Orleans comes into this matchup a pretty stout defensive team so far against fantasy points just at major positions, obviously. QB, they're only allowing like 13.1 points per game right now. Running back, they're 28th in the league, allowing about 14.1. And then wide receiver, they're giving up a little more there, allowing 32.4 points per game to the wide receiver position. And then tight end, they're actually last in the league, allowing only six points per game um, fantasy. Houston, on the other hand, um, they have some good spots. They have some okay spots. Um, but they're not like they're honestly a much improved defense like big credit to D'Amico Ryans and all of the things that they brought over to Houston this year they're kind of playing I think a little bit above their britches here so I'm curious when that levy will bust but QB they're only allowing 16.3 points per game running back they're allowing 24.1 points per game a little bit more friendly to the running back position wide receiver they've been pretty stout but they're still 10th uh, in the league allowing about 25.6 points per game tight end a pretty healthy amount, about 15 points per game as a position. So like I mentioned, you know, Houston is much improved, but they are still, um, I just call them, you know, middle of the pack, especially when it comes to uh, fantasy production. Who I'm starting in this matchup and who I'm sitting is going to feel a little bit one-sided, but that's just kind of how I see this matchup. i um, <laughs> starting Alvin Kamara. I mean, What he does with his touches isn't great, but how many touches he does get is great. And Houston has been a pretty big smash bot for fantasy running backs this year. They're allowing 1.2 touchdowns to the running back position right now, a game. Um, Right now, Alvin Kamara has handled 69% nice Nice. of the snaps and four out of five carries inside the 10 over the last two weeks. He just has a fantastic role, and it feels like another – Another game you kind of have to start in. Plus, of course, there is the receiving upside work of Alvin Kamara. Always, I mean, he can pepper you for 13 receptions and 39 yards. And hey, in PPR, that is a game that we'll take, baby. It's not pretty. They don't ask how; they just ask how many. Um, oh, the next, I still can't believe that it's was so bad. It's honestly oh, it's so, so bad. But um, the other guy I like that I think you got to start is Chris Olave. I mean, he's kind of been on the verge of regressing his mean a little bit as well, too, and has not had the start to the season that you would like. But, you know, last week he was a 30-yard touchdown drop away from a massive fantasy day. I mean, he didn't have the yardage or the receptions last week, but he's still averaging like 8.6, almost nine targets a game right now. And he dropped a touchdown, like I mentioned, like just barely. He would have had a massive day last week and kind of regressed back to that usage um, expected point total that we've kind of seen just off what he's been getting looked at for for this year. Right now, he's second in the league in air yards. I had to like double, triple check that right now. Second in the league in air yards, only behind A.J. Brown, I believe. So Chris Olave is just on the verge. He's like edging his regression. (laughs) He's getting closer and closer. And he's finally. I think are this you, is the
0: week. Are you equating regress? Like you are really <laughs> leaning into regressing is coming. We've been making those jokes for a long time now, but you just said edging. Okay, where it just we- it felt. It felt
2: right. It felt. <laughs> right. Um, and then I actually. I know we're just doing start and sits, but I had a kind of on the fence um, section for this team because. I feel like CJ Stroud and Nico Collins are a little bit on the fence. New, New Orleans has been a really good defense this year, um nonetheless, but CJ Stroud finally comes back down to earth last week has his first sub 20-point fantasy outing. And he's just he's a really good pocket passer, but that's also what he is. So for pocket passers to play in your fantasy lineups, you need them to throw touchdowns, you know, like so that's why I kind of have him as a fringe star. I think in good matchups, you start him no questions asked at this point because you've seen him do it, but he's really got to like throw a couple of touchdowns to make his start worth it this week. But Saints have also given up the second fewest passing TDs in the league right now so
0: like a scramble he needs like a rushing touchdown i feel like to hit home or some random things so
2: that's why i've got him on the fence and along with that just because of the matchup being bad for cj stroud i also have nico collins as an on the fence start um you could flex him i feel like i can be okay with it because his production's been good he had a bad week last week but he's getting shadowed by aj terrell he'll also get shadowed this week by Marshawn Lattimore. so not an easy test for mr nico collins but hey titus howard's back laramie tunsell's back this is a good situation for stroud i feel like the rush defense is so good for new orleans that they might actually have to lean more past neutral this week so that bump in usage could be good for nico and cj as well as far as who you're sitting you sit dalton schultz this week Um uh, Oh, you
0: can't sit, Dalton Schultz. Come you on. have to.
2: I mean, Tank Dell no is banged way. up, and I mean, Tank Dell is banged up. That's why Dalton Schultz got a little fresh. You got to play him.
0: He had ten tar- even though New Orleans has a tough matchup. Tight ends so bad. You got to like he's. You got to play him just off the target. This Dalton is on.
2: okay. I want you to hear what you're doing to me in this segment because this is completely different. But it's basically what I said about Brees. But this is like a way worse example. But you're doing the same thing that I said. <laughs> About Brees. <laughs> this is my segment. God damn it! Yeah,
0: <laughs> the people like when we fight. Okay, okay. That that's been very clear. I'm. You can't sit Dalton Schultz, but you can sit Brees Hall because there's you know so many. <laughs> no, no, not this. No, no,
2: no, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, like I said, Saints have allowed the fewest points to the tight end position this year in fantasy football. So awful matchup. Uh, Mike Thomas, I think you said him this week. He's been really consistent this year, and but Houston's been one of the better teams against fantasy wide receivers, fourth fewest points. Um, he needs a touchdown to kind of hit home these five or six reception games um, for um, Michael Thomas and, like, their production aren't great for fantasy-wise. So it is what it is. I feel like you said him. And then also I think you said Damian Pierce this week as well too. Um like I mentioned, tough matchup on the ground. He hasn't really hit home at all. He's only had one wow. game over 12 points it's in been PPR, brutal. despite the amount of touches and opportunities he's getting in his role. It's it's a really really bad matchup, and New Orleans is also fourth fewest EPA per carry and bottom of the league in rushing success rate. So it's
0: been a slog, but it, it's oh, going to be
2: tough for the Texans. He's going to have to score in a general, touchdown. I think the Texans' offensive it's going to be tough. A, a little nugget about that: uh, New Orleans Saints have not allowed a single team to go over a hundred yards on non-scramble runs this year. Like they've been very good against rushing. So yeah, a, he's gonna need to score a touchdown. Uh, sit Dalton Schultz. Don't listen to Sean, guys. I mean, yeah.
0: Dalton Schultz is ranked as a top twelve tight end across most sites. I just don't on know. What how you sit him on after what side? On what side? I'm looking at one right now, um, and he's he's I'm fourteen. Looking, I'm looking at pat thorman's rankings who you know is the most accurate ranker in fantasy football last season has him at 12
1: so, keegan 12, a, keegan, yeah, says 12. keegan says 12 keegan says 12 are you
0: playing a 12 man league okay okay well this is more milk was a bad choice We're, we'll get there i i might be i might have a lot of egg on my face after Bree searches for 600 yards this week and Dalton schultz brutal. has zero fantasy points aiden what is your final matchup you're presenting on today yep for
1: the i'm class? heading, I'm class heading class back to the east coast um the fellas haters can't stand us left hand up they are on their way down to atlanta baby they are they're headed down i didn't know
0: you were doing this game
1: yeah i'm so excited the haters can't stand us they 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 are headed to the mercedes dome uh to play the atlanta falcons um i have this one just like in quotes like it's like the who the hell are you people game because like i still just have no idea like what either of those teams are like they were just so confusing on a week to week basis. Like I think we kind of know, but it's just like I don't think this game's gonna be a ton of fun to watch. Um it's probably something I'll have like on the red zone channel. Uh Falcons opened up as two and a half point favorites. Um opened up at three and a half on this. Okay. They're two and a half point favorites at this time. So yep, yeah, all of mine are right around three points. These all figure to be pretty close games. Total opened up at 42 and a half. Yeah, that hasn't moved. It might be the – no, it's not the low. The Niners are lower. This will be it's one of the lowest lower totals. because of like, rain. Yeah, the Niners are going to be lower. Um, even in a dome, and we're barely over 40, it's kind of saying these people are stinky. Um, Bet the
0: over, baby. Let's live a little – responsibly. Yeah,
1: like – Responsibly. In terms of pace, this will be about middle <laughs> of the pack. Um, like, this is really polar opposites in terms of what we're looking at. Atlanta ranks 26th in terms of passing percentage uh but just under uh, just over 54% whereas Washington is second just below uh just below the Vikings at 68% so like these are polar opposites Washington is 17th in points per game Atlanta is 27th on the defensive side Washington has given up the 30 most uh un- amount of points per game whereas atlanta is 10th so again it's like we're looking at the washington offense and they just want to throw the shit out of the ball and just you know just go punch for punch with you whereas atlanta wants to run the football into the ground and suffocate you on defense it's complete and polar opposites in this game which you know someone's got to give and um we're gonna see how that shakes out in terms of the positional breakdown start with the falcons here pretty middle of the pack here uh 17th to qbs at 15.9 they're giving up the least amount of uh, points to running backs at just over 12 points which is brutal they are strong on the ground seventh least to wide receivers just over 27th second most to tight ends though um yeah the defense is pretty strong but for whatever reason they can't contain tight ends so that's cool uh, looking at the Commanders, they're generous, man. Fifth most to QBs. Granted, they did just get torched by Josh Allen and Justin Fields, so definitely pump those numbers a bit. Pretty middle of the pack for running backs. Uh about 12 least to uh, run around 18 points. Fifth most to wide receivers. Again, you got digs and more back-to-back that definitely helped inflate those. Seventh least to tight ends at just about eight points per game. For starts and sits, it's probably about what you would guess. Obviously Bijan's a smash start. He has 67 rush attempts with no TDs this year. I think he gets in for 2. Um it's gone far too long. He gets far too many touches for him still. Just call your key. shot on 2. Two touchdowns. He's not getting one touchdown, he's getting two. Get two. Pencil it in. Bijan baby. Bijan. Um Drake London has got to be licking his chops. Uh no, don't do you. this. Drake, London, we're doing it. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Please don't do this to me. Unless Emmanuel Forbes is shattering him, which I don't even think that's a threat at this point, given what DJ Moore and AJ Brown have done to him in consecutive weeks. Like That poor rookie has got to have just like no confidence at this point. But I like Drake London in this matchup. I think he's got a really good thing going. Desmond Ritter actually did come off a really good game, threw for 300-plus yards. Um, So I think this is actually a good spot for him. Um, this is just kind of a fun one, but like I'm, I'm just sitting Kyle Pitts just because it's just kind of fun. He's coming off his best game. Um, but what 15... about
0: the tight end one, Jonu? Are you what are you doing with their their tight end one? I'm Not good on both of
1: them. I I don't I don't know like anyone on this team because I saw it going like exactly this way. Um, so it's just like whatever. You can start them at your own risk. I don't really have any advice for you <laughs> with their tight ends. You're completely on their own. Um, I don't i don't know i wouldn't start ritter either i didn't have him on my list looking at the manders um i'm starting sam howell um i think like he's just a fantasy quarterback like he he's kind of just getting the job done in fantasy like it's not pretty he's gonna have turnovers but he's gonna have you know electric plays like he's got a good arm he's got a good feel for defenses so i'm starting sam howell um how one stand up baby In a one QB league, like you have to be a little desperate. Like we've got bye weeks and some injuries, so like maybe two QBs. <clears throat> Obviously, he's starting. I'm starting Terry. Um, it's been it hasn't been great for him, but it's been a lot more steady than Jahan Dotson. Um, Dotson's actually on my sit list. He he's gone over ten points once this year. It just feels like the breakout we all had wished for is just like it's. I don't know. It might still happen, but it's Curtis Samuel. He's just, yeah. The volume he's hasn't taken been there. All those uh, points. And on top of that, too, man, Logan Thomas, too. Logan Thomas has been so much better than I think anyone. Why is guess. Eric
2: Bienemy scheming up routes and looks for Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas Logan over Thomas. Terry McLaurin they're good. And John Dotson. They're good. They're, they're not good. better they're than good. those two. No, they're not.
0: Samuel's really good. Samuel has been hurt by injuries, he's a, but he's every good. time he's been on the field. Awesome he's been
1: wide receiver three. Good. three. Awesome wide receiver three. Um the last guy that I'm sitting, um, this one kind of pains me because like, you know. Really awesome start for here. We thought he was kind of matchup proof given his role is B Rob. Um, last week was kind of tough, man. Gibson out snapped him. I think he's going to be super touchdown dependent this week. Um, as mentioned, game the Falcons yeah, yeah, The Falcons have given up the least amount of points to running backs, and if they go down, this is probably more of a Gibson type game, or at least in terms of who's going to be in the backfield. I think B Rob's got a brutal matchup this week, so you are probably. Um, Well, much better versed going elsewhere than B Rob. But if he falls in for a touchdown, he'll probably get you, you know, the 10 or 12 points that you're hoping for. So this one could be stinky. Um, I really don't know how it's going to shake out. Like, I wouldn't have this on the big screen by any means, I would have it on like a small quad quad box at best. Um, I just (laughs) think it's going to be oh a weird game. Like, I don't have a ton of fun watching Falcons games. Um, it's just like... Come on. Arthur. No. On no. The and then every it's time they pan to him it. with the mustache and the hoodie tank top, I'm like, so anxious. I, I like, hate I this guy. I have to call it pass play. I, I have ha- to. And he like, just hates to. it. So, No nuggets here, but um, yeah, this should be an interesting game. I, I got two really fun games, so it's only right that I get this kind of what I fear is going to be a bit of a stinker.
0: <laughs> I think this is going to be a really fun game. I I have good vibes about this. Uh, Washington just got torched. Ritter just kind of went apeshit last week. I don't know if that's sticky week to week, but I'm kind of excited to see if the Falcons can pick up in pace because it kind of feels like they can. And I texted this in the group chat, and Aiden was like, I don't see it. So we'll uh, we'll (laughs) see there. Um, The last matchup that I have, and Aiden, how do you say it? Where where are we going? Down in where? Down in in London? Uh, down hey, in yeah, London. Down in, down in down London. In
1: London. <laughs> team might be a bad choice,
0: eh? Hey, hey oh. team might be a bad choice. Six thirty a.m. for us on the West Coast. NFL Network. Baltimore at Tennessee. If I'm a Titan, I'm pretty but pretty hurt that this is a home game for us. This no is. more London games, bro. Enough. Oh, Enough. I love them. I love. Them. We're done. I get up. No one's up. I'm just. I'm vibing. Wait till I'm, we're I'm in Germany this year, my friend. S- um, Germany is better soon. than London. Germany is better than Germany gets Chiefs Dolphins. Yeah, they got Germany's a fire getting game. all the good games. They got the good uh, stuff. I, I, London's getting hosed. These Jaguars games. Uh, Jaguars Bills is a pretty good game actually. That was cool. um, looking at the Vegas angles here, uh, we have the Ravens opening as up as five and a half point favorites. That lines all the way down to minus four in favor of Baltimore. This game opened at forty two as a point total. It has dropped to 41.5, so it stayed relatively consistent in terms of how many points Vegas is expecting. In terms of pace here, uh, folks, it's going to be one of the slower games of the weekend. It's probably the only slow game that we're covering here on the podcast today, but um, it is a a slow-paced slog. I'm kind of excited to see these two teams match up stylistically, two teams that want to run the ball and take deep shots. It's it's always kind of entertaining. That playoff game that they had was super entertaining where King Henry was throwing touchdowns. It was, it was a good time. So I think this is a fun one in London this weekend. Let's see if I can figure this out here in terms of speaking and also clicking things. Um, when you're looking at the Tennessee Titans when they're on defense versus the Baltimore Ravens, both of these teams have pretty distinct edges on what they take away and what they give up. The Titans are 10th against QBs, surrendering around 14 fantasy points per game, nineteenth, 19th nineteenth against running backs at 21. That was like 14 until they got absolutely Zach Mossed for that 33 burger. So that's just hilarious that they were one of the best rush defenses against fantasy running backs until they faced off against Zach Moss. So I don't know what that tells <laughs> us about the Ravens this week uh, versus wide receivers. They're 15th, averaging around 34 points per game against tight ends ninth on the Ravens side of things. They've got a pretty stingy defense. They've surrendered the second least amount of points to quarterbacks, the 12th least amount of points to running backs, the second least to tight ends here. But one thing here, they actually have surrendered a decent amount of receiving production to wide receivers. So curious to know how this shakes out on Sunday Moving in to start and sit. So for start, Lamar and Zay, you're gonna put them in your lineup. The Titans have been frisky against running backs, but Lamar's matchup proof. He hung up 28 points on the on the on the Browns defense. Zay Flowers has really good usage, starting to see downfield targets more. Get him in your lineup. Um, I think he's like kind of a fringe flex guy. I think after this week, Zay Flowers is gonna be kind of a locked in. RB2 moving forward DeAndre Hopkins is a sneaky great start this week against the Ravens secondary like we've called that has been beat by wide receivers more than you would think you got to start King Henry but the Ravens have been ultra stingy to running backs and Tyje he's lurking Tyje is lurking out there so you got to start the king you're not fading the king but it's not a great matchup. Titans have been good against tight ends, but you're rolling out Mark Andrews. Come on. You have Mark Andrews. You're not sitting him. Mark Andrews is in your lineup. In terms of who we're sitting here, even after the Zach Moss explosion against the Titans in Week 5, I'm probably leaving Gus Edwards and Justice Hill on the bench. Neither of these guys are super inspiring. They kind of eat into each other's roles. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, or Keaton Keaton Mitchell? Is that how you say his name? I don't know.
1: I want to say Keaton, yeah. Keaton, uh, the yeah. UDFA
0: um, out of, uh, that's UDFA undrafted rookie running back. He's lurking coming off of IR. He's a smaller in space, like punt returner type back, but he may factor in. This could be like a three-headed committee. I wouldn't start anyone here. I would leave Taj on the bench. If this was a faster-paced matchup and the Titans were clearly underdogs, I think J is a fun little flex dart throw because he does play more when they're losing, but I just don't think you can start him in any lineups, and uh, I would not stream Chig. I would I would go elsewhere. Uh, one nugget here: there are 14 wide receivers in the NFL this season that have a 40% air yard share and a 30% first read target share. I have these labeled as like my true alphas. You're getting all the yards. You're getting all the first looks. DeAndre Hopkins is one of these 14. And he's the only one of them that has not scored a touchdown this season, even though he has four end zone targets. So, I think he might be regressing his mean on Sunday. I think he gets in the end zone. So, I think uh, he's sipping tea in the end zone, Hopkins tutty time. But that's my uh, last matchup here. Keegan, why don't you take us home?
2: Okay, okay, okay. Uh, last matchup of the Let's day on it. that episode. Let's get it. Um, Jared Goff and a kind of banged up Detroit Lions team, um, at least offensively, are going to travel to Tampa Bay and try and fight off the Buccaneers without some of their better players or at least better skilled and talented players in this lineup. Jameer Gibbs uh, will not be playing again, most likely. Amon Ross St. Brown. Their backup running back. Is it going to be playing?
0: It's okay. They'll be fine without their
2: Um I'm in mean, Brown will be a go, but it also sounds like Sam LaPorta will not be a go this weekend. Um, so that's brutal. But good to see that uh, the sun God will be back. The point total right now, um, I had it down for 45. Let me just double check that that is still the same. It opened um, at
0: 45-and-a-half, and it's down to 42-and-a-half. 42-and-a-half. Okay. It's um, a decent it's,
2: draw. Yeah, and it's got uh, Lions minus three and a half, so still still favored in the Lions uh, position here. Pace, this one should be faster paced. Uh, I wouldn't call it the fastest-paced game of the slate, but Detroit 16th in plays per game, 29th in adjusted pace. I'd also expect them to kind of like, determine how this game will go they are entering this matchup form one have been lighting it up quite a bit offensively at the least and their defense is much much improved from the year prior Um, Detroit's points allowed this year to fantasy positions quarterback 17.6 okay middle of the road running back is where they have been really really good this year Uh, they're only allowing 12.6 points per game that's 30th in the NFL Um, pretty pretty good improvement from the Detroit Lions. Uh, wide receiver, though, there is some opportunity to be had from the wide receiver position in fantasy production, allowing about 37 points per game. Tight end also. Maybe Kate Dalton this weekend? Who knows? Would you start him over Dalton Schultz? Possibly. No. no but stop. Detroit's yes. allowing 16.8 points me. per game uh, to the tight end position, third most for in the league right now. Tampa Bay, on the flip side of it, they've been pretty good against quarterbacks, allowing a little less than 16 points per game. Running back, they're about 17th, so middle of the road, allowing almost 19 points per game. Wide receiver, allowing 33.7 points per game. Tight end, 9.1. So Tampa Bay has been pretty good defensively this year. I think that's what's kept them in a lot of games, and also Baker is playing uh, pretty well this year, all things considered. Who you're starting in this matchup, and who I like personally, you start Amon Ross St. Brown because he's back and he's healthy. He's a target hog, alpha wide receiver. When he's healthy, you play him no matter what. Also, a great matchup against a defense that's playing almost, uh, I think they're either third or second in the league in deployment of zone defensive coverage right now, uh, about like 81%. So a good matchup for Amemaral St. Brown. This depends on if Mike Evans is out or not, but I know he did uh, log a limited participant today. But if he's out, you start Chris Godwin for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Um, You start David Montgomery, of course, again, clear workhorse role. Dan Campbell came out and said more about how they view David Montgomery in his role. Poetically waxed. Yes, poetically waxed. He was like crying talking about Montgomery um also Buccaneers worst PFF run defense through five weeks this is a top 10 running back play this week for David Montgomery um really and he's leading Isn't uh, really, or he's not leading he's the they second haven't given
0: up many fantasy points to to running backs that's interesting PFF is saying we know better that's
2: interesting
1: Sometimes um,
2: I look at PFF, and I'm like, how, how? You sit Jared Goff, I think, this week. humming away, splits are ex- still extremely wide. He's averaging 23.4 points at home and about 13.2 on the road, 10-point differential. Tampa Bay has been pretty stingy to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, might be a good week to just look elsewhere. You sit Rashad White this week. Detroit's been amazing against fancy running backs this year, only allowing about like 3.2 yards per carry. I know he has really good volume. Uh, But only one running back really has had a good week against Tampa Bay, and it's been Kenneth Walker. He's still not running. super efficient um, just based off usage and how many points he's putting up with that usage. Um, And you sit Baker Mayfield. I don't have a fantasy nugget for this game. I think it's going to be kind of like bogged down just by the run game. I think it's a big David Montgomery opportunity. Um, And no Laporta, no Gibbs, and Amon Ross St. Brown is back. So,
0: you guys hate RB twos. Sit Madison, White, Pierce, B Rob. These guys are all like 18, 19, 21, 20. You guys are just you guys are elitists to RB ones. You guys have like a real RB one problem. There's some right? tough you match you like, sit, yeah, matchups. You told me you would sit, Yeah, these are awful matchups. You told me you would brutal sit. matchups. You, you, play over you have to Madison. play these guys. I don't know. I, mean,
2: I, I would almost rather take dart throws. Like i I'd almost rather take dart throws. You don't have to play Rashad White. You don't have to do that. What
0: right, right now, Brees Hall is ranked seventeenth by ECR. Rashad White is eighteenth. Alexander Madison is nineteenth. They're all in the same bucket, which is yeah. Just kind anybody of from crazy, like, crazy to think about. Where's B Rob? Like
2: eighteen to like twenty six is all like within a .25 point differential yeah, away. It's
0: just running back is brutal. B Rob's at twenty one. Pierce is at 22. it's like all these friend these rb2s I that think we you know sat 17
1: through 22 I literally think we sat all of them
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I just it's
1: so hard because I you're right
0: we you should sit these guys however the matchups
1: suck but you probably don't have you a better might just
0: have to it's it's with the ugh,
1: the injuries it's just weird. like a root canal like you know you got to get it done but like you're, you're like this is probably gonna suck like, this just this is not gonna go well
0: would you rather play Damian Pierce this week or Chuba Hubbard, who's probably gonna start against Chuba
1: the Chuba. Chuba's pretty much yeah. taken it. He's pretty much taken that role already. Like, I don't think it's really been really talked about enough. Like Chuba's no. getting more snaps now. Like that that's kind of his job.
0: Would you start Dante Foreman
1: or Damien Pierce this week? Dante Foreman, easy, easy, easy I don't, I
0: don't know on that, on that one. one. Easy. Against Minnesota's deep this is why we need to do a ranking show. This is, if Roshan doesn't play we're, we're gonna get there. Who, who else, else is to touching the football
1: out of the backfield? Yeah,
0: that's that's the argument,
1: right? It's so, Darrington Evans who just got signed just off of Tennessee's practice squad last Sunday.
2: That's okay. you no know week. Jonathan six is Taylor dark. or Rashad White? Jonathan Taylor. Oh. JT. It's JT. close it? though, you have to think about it. Who does Indy play
0: Jags again? Jags have a, Jags have have a good rush defense, but I'm I'm you start your studs.
1: I'm, you start your studs. Man, he played 10 snaps last week. He probably plays 15 To be fair, or he hadn't
0: practiced or played football with his team. But I don't in, think JT forever. gets
1: more than 20 snaps this week. They're gonna ramp him like slowly. I, I, I might I go would, Rashad, I mean, but I'm probably gonna go JT. I don't think I could look <laughs> myself in the mirror see, if I start Rashad. Gets over it gets JD. really hairy. I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I did that and then JT goes nuclear. I'm probably going yeah, I probably have to get a JT. But that'll I do it. To, huh?
0: I would do it. I would have to start it. Yeah, this is why we eventually dear me and team dear listeners, we will be doing a ranking, ranking show. It'll be a lot of fun. But that's it. We covered 9 games. That's um that's some good stuff, fellas. We we our 16, look at us. That's
1: oh, that's not bad.
2: That's we a get, we'll full full pod, boys. That's, That's
0: a good. full pod, boys. Um before we sign off, Aiden, you got anything to say to the listeners?
1: Two and four.
2: Two and four. Don't look down, but we are climbing up the standings.
0: Egan, <laughs> anything
2: for the listeners? Uh a happy Friday. Enjoy your weekends. I know this will come out tomorrow. Like so if you're listening what tomorrow, a nice enjoy guy. your weekends. And what guy.
0: a guy. Happy yeah. Friday. All right, meme team. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We
1: appreciate you. Thanks until next time.